0: Coming back to church on site. We're also thankful for those of you who are joining us in our online campus this morning. It's great for us to be together. My name is Josh Masters, and I'm one of the pastors here at Brookwood Church. And I want to give a special welcome to those of you who are new here. Whether you're here in the room or you're joining us for the first time online, we want to help you connect with us, and we want to be able to connect with you. So could you please text the word new? to the number that's coming up on your screen, both in the room and online. You can also click or tap the Let's Connect link that's online on our website or in our Brookwood Church smartphone app. And you can do that anytime to request information about us or to introduce yourself to us. And I also want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to go ahead and download the Brookwood Church smartphone app that I just mentioned. Or visit our website, because that's where you can go to see everything that is happening here at Brookwood Church. There's so much stuff, I can't possibly cover it here this morning. So go on the website or the app to find that. It's also where you're going to find our message guide and other resources to help you get the most out of today's message, as well as how you can learn how to give to the church or to take next steps in your walk with God or Brookwood. Uh, we want to let you know that hard copy message guides and offering envelopes are, are available again, and they're available at the auditorium entrances. So you can now grab those when you come in instead of printing them yourself. Uh, and our ministry spotlight today... Is focused on our worship and production ministry and they do so much beyond what you see on Sunday mornings they help support events for students and adults all throughout the week plus everything that we do here on Sundays and if you have mad singing skills or mad leading worship skills or you play an instrument or you have a desire to operate sound or cameras or lights or anything technical please stop by Ministry Spotlight in the concourse or check it on the website where you can get more information about how you can get involved. And we'd love to have you do that. Now, if you're interested in being baptized or exploring what it means to live the life that Jesus is offering us, then please come to one of our baptism classes next Sunday. And that will help prepare you for our baptism service that is happening on May 23rd. You can visit brookwoodchurch.org baptism to find the baptism class for your specific age group. God is with us this morning. God is moving this morning, and he's always moving, but we are sensing it this morning, so let's communicate with him as we pray and prepare our hearts for worship and to hear his voice. Father God, we are so moved by what you've already done this morning. From our early morning prayer time that we have before services to our first services, Lord, you are a God of hope. And you are a God of miracles. And Lord, we get so distracted by our days. We get so distracted by our weeks. And I pray today that you would remove the veil from our eyes that you would remove the things that block us from knowing who you are. Reveal your glory today. Reveal what you want us to know about not only what you want to do in our own lives, but how you want to use us to impact the lives of others. Lord, we give you praise because you are a God who is worthy of praise. Give us your strength and your hope in the name of Christ. Who is our saving King? Amen.
1: Good morning, everybody. If you would stand, as we begin our worship time together, and that's what this is. Is it us singing or entertaining or performing? This is leading worship. Let's sing together. Come on. And I saw Satan fall like lightning. And I saw darkness run for cover. But just can't get over, my name is registered in heaven, and I believe in signs at one want- story, I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Yeah. So come together, sons and daughters. all with blood and water. The Spirit, Son, and Father, our God, will finish what He started. Oh, our God, will finish what He started. Out your story is not over yet. Come on. If I'm not dead, you're not done. It's greater things are still to come, oh I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. It's greater things are still to come, oh I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Oh, I believe Oh, I'm not dead And you're not done Yes, better things Are still to come Oh, I believe This is my testimony From death to life God's grace rewrote my story I'll testify Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. From death to life, from Jesus, from my story, I'm justified. By Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony.
2: and keep worshiping. How does that name Jesus affect you? Does it affect you? It's good to see you all back. Welcome home. Some of you are coming back newly and it is good to see you. I told told you I'll pass out some kisses, but some of y'all might back off. So we continue our survey of Acts that I've called Church Extended. And today's message is entitled, Salvation. I'll be focusing on Acts chapter 16, the theme verse. I always look for a key verse from that passage to kind of guide us. And in verse 30, it says, Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do? to be saved. Acts chapter 16 through 18 tell about Paul's second missionary journey. And so we will focus just on a a part of chapter 16 just because of length. Um, And I urge you to read all of it. It's all interesting. It's all helpful. But I'm just focusing on one, one fairly brief section from the middle of chapter 16. And it's a passage in which God turns bad circumstances into spiritual benefit. And he illustrates spiritual, physical, excuse me, physical imprisonment leading to spiritual freedom. Now, as he traveled, Paul was led, guided, directed by the Spirit. Actually, the Spirit said, don't go to certain regions. And then he was called in a vision. Actually, the man pleaded with him to come to Macedonia, a region in northern Greece. And that's verses 6 through 10 of chapter 16. He arrived in Philippi. That was a major city in Macedonia. And it was a Roman colony. And there he encountered a businesswoman selling cloth. What was her name? Say it louder. Y'all are subdued. It's late in the day. Lydia. She sold what, what kind of cloth or what color? Purple. Very rare. Very rare. And he led her and her household to faith in Jesus. Verses 11 through 15. So the church has started on a small basis in Philippi. And Satan quickly attempted to infiltrate this young church fellowship with a demon possessed medium. Infiltration attacks churches from within, persecution attacks churches from without. Verse 16. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Well, it sounds like she's saying the right thing, isn't she? So, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? The evil source. See, understand this God's truth blended with a little bit of lie adulterates all of it we live in a day in a culture that loves to embrace certain aspects of the gospel and omit others and mix in some of their own thinking but what they've done is destroy the gospel and so we see here what this woman's saying is actually true but it was motivated by a demon this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and instantly it left her do you think demons are present today you see any evidence of them? You know, I have to say, um, in my effort to not over sensationalize the work of Satan, the presence of demons, I think I have probably underemphasized their activity. And so I'm remiss about that. I'm really looking, praying, and I'll be studying to see how is Satan at work today. Because the Scripture clearly tells us we are living in the midst of spiritual battle. Ephesians 6 says, we battle not with flesh and blood, with, but with powers and principalities and spirits. Do you believe that? Well, I think I Maybe some of you need to wake up to it more. To be aware. The scripture is very clear that Satan is prowling around looking for whom he may devour. Peter says that. Some of you have Satan chewing on your leg and he has dragged you to an awful place. Christians, especially immature ones, and that's not an extension of how long you've been saved. But Christians, true Christians, can become very enamored by spiritual power and will seek it, and fail to discern that the source is demonic and should be avoided. Scripture's real plain. Deuteronomy 18, Leviticus 19. Do you think fortune tellers can tell fortunes? Who thinks no? Come on, y'all. I'm not going to let you go unless you... Do you think fortune tellers can really tell fortunes? How many, how many say no? How many say yes? Yes, sometimes. Sometimes it is all a sham. Sometimes it, all is, it is all a manipulation. Clever phraseology and reading your body language. Other times is someone who's being spoken to by a spirit. Now, here's the point. Everybody agrees spirits are alive, right? They are always evil. But we live in this day where people claim some gospel and some of this spiritualism. Angels and, and, and uh, crystals and all this new age and, and now what's the new thing? Vibrations. Oh, i got to get to a higher vibration. And people talk God out of one mouth, and then they're talking about, oh, you got to re- come to a higher vibration. None of this is from God. But see, a little God doesn't purify all the rest. A little falsity adulterates the rest. You see my point? And we have to be very careful, particularly in this day, Satan doesn't mind you embracing some truth as long as you embrace some lies as well. And we're seeing it a lot in this culture. The answer to false religion is the real thing. That's how you, that's how you perceive of uh, or you detect counterfeit money. They don't train people in the treasury department to feel counterfeit money. They train them by using... Authentic bills, and then they're able to detect what's false. The problem is, some of us don't know the gospel or God's nature enough to discern when we're stepping into error. And Satan doesn't show up looking evil, the scripture says he shows up how? As an angel of light. And I don't know, just step back and just count the number of times you're seeing the presence of Satan today in television this show called lucifer i think it's been on several years and and marketing you know i've seen people uh market clothes with this um horned goats emblem all of this stuff is satanic and see the problem is even as i'm saying you say oh he's he's gone off the deep end But that's what Satan wants us to think. Oh, he's just, that's just extreme. And it's creeping into our world, our culture, even our consciousness. And people are marketing clothes with a satanic emblem. They're selling shoes. It's all of the devil. Movies, TV shows. Ask God to show you the things that are being seen. So we're going to examine closely a salvation story. And first we'll realize the possibility of persecution when you're involved in a salvation story. Now Paul cast a demon out of this young woman. Do you think the girl's masters rejoiced that she was now free from that she'd been delivered? No, they were furious. They were enraged, which reveals the cruelty of slavery, every type of slavery, of exploiting people for financial profit. I read in the past week or so that the trafficking of humans is about to pass the sale of illegal drugs in total money earned worldwide. Can you believe that? The trafficking of humans. It's a profit center because drugs are absorbed and used up. Humans can be used over and over and over and over. And we must come awake on these issues. Verse 19, her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. Folks, don't miss this, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You know how they say, follow the money? That's probably true. It's not biblical, but it's probably true. And I've been shocked at what people would do for money. 1 Timothy 6. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. That was a false charge. They shouted to the city officials, to the magistrates. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Now the truth is there was a law. It wasn't enforced. But a law that forbade, forbade Roman citizens from practicing any foreign religion not sanctioned by Rome. However, Paul was called to preach, and so he heard God rather than some law that no one else paid attention to. A mob quickly formed against Saul, Paul and Silas, and it was led by these slave owners with false charges. Folks, be careful mobs are not good arbiters of truth just because you see a mob particularly the more out of control it is the less truth is there look 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 we're seeing mob violence from different sides and for different purposes you've got to pay attention and the city a, a mob is not hard to manipulate it only takes a one or two compelling voices and There are lots of motivations for for mob violence. And the city official ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods without any investigation. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison illegally. And the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet In the stocks. Now this form of stocks. We've all seen you know. Old shows that had people with their feet in stocks. But this form of of stocks. Would spread their legs as far as they could go. And then they would clamp them into stocks. Paul and Silas. Hadn't violated any current law. Like I said there was one on the books. They were not inciting violence. They were not trying to persuade a mob. They were harassed by a mob. They were beaten with rods. They were imprisoned in a dungeon. And their legs cruelly spread widely and fastened into stocks. They weren't treated fairly. They weren't treated justly. They didn't get a hearing. And we cannot expect that we will either. 2 Timothy 3, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus might suffer a little bit of persecution. Is that what y'all read? Well, you don't believe what it says, do you? But notice the condition, everyone who wants to live a godly life. See, I believe you can be a Christian and be completely left alone. if nobody can detect it but a godly life in public will incur persecution now we never mistreat others we never speak arrogantly about our faith but we are promised that we will suffer we will be persecuted if we live Christ-like particularly now in a culture that's becoming more brazen in its rejection of biblical morality and true Christian faith. Now, there have been generations in this country where you you didn't receive persecution because the behavior conformed to Christianity. didn't mean everybody was a Christian, but the standard of what was moral and acceptable reflected um, biblical teaching. But our culture has moved from that, and our culture is showing more signs of persecution. You know it really began years ago. The removal of Christian signs and symbols crosses and Ten Commandments removed from public places nativity scenes no longer allowed on public squares the ending of prayer in schools And none of us thought, well, this isn't the end of faith. And it isn't the end of faith. But you know what it is? It's the end of children being influenced positively about the truth of God. Now, salvation doesn't come through having the Ten Commandments on a wall or a nativity scene in the public square. But it did place those symbols in front of people so they had a positive impression of them. Today, they're being labeled ever more negative. I mean, when did you think that taking a biblical position about an issue would have you be labeled intolerant and aggressive and some kind of ultra-conservative or something? Today, we see a rising incidence of the suppression of Christian faith by disallowing even personal expressions where sometimes people aren't allowed a cross or a Bible on their desk or a kid in school isn't allowed to wear a t-shirt or a cap that says something about Jesus. And they're being told in schools, for example, that these violate the First Amendment, but they don't. The First Amendment says that the state cannot sponsor a religion. It does not say individuals cannot have and even display publicly personal faith. It's not in the First Amendment at all. So you've been, we've been sort of bullied with a distortion of the First Amendment. Read it. You'll see it's not there. And the truth is that the answer to all of our public societal ills is they're not coming from a political party. Does everybody understand that? Poverty, injustice, addiction, abuse are not going to be solved by a political party, either political party. The help's only going to come through the gospel. And by replacing hatred and resentment with love and kindness and generosity. Now, there are many things that need to improve. I mean, that's why we're looking at possibly sponsoring a free medical clinic. You know, we'll wait till some of the restriction dissipates, but we're already having some discussions. And we'll have to, I mean, given we will have to increase because we'll have to maintain what we're doing now and sponsor that. But... But we think that's a need in our culture and we think that meeting physical needs graciously with no charge opens a door for meeting the greater spiritual needs so that's what we're considering at this stage but advocating God's way of achieving peace through concern for others through humility through personal sacrifice won't always be accepted. Do you understand that? And may result in your mistreatment. See, here's the thing. You aren't supposed to fit in. Did you know that? Now, it's uncomfortable when, you're, when you don't fit in and you're left out of the jokes and the conversations and even the public gatherings. But you know what? there'll come a time when someone needs help and you will be the one sought out. But it won't make you popular. It won't make you popular. Are you okay with that? You have to be okay with being set apart. Set apart actually means set apart. We think it means holy. Well, what it actually means is set apart which means you don't fit in. Understand this, all the Israeli, the the, um, dietary restrictions, the reason they were given, people say, oh, it was trichinosis. No, no, it wasn't wasn't for healthy organic food. I mean, I know some of y'all eat nothing but bushes now. but (laughs) No, the Bible clearly says that these different guidelines for diet we're to separate God's people from all the surrounding peoples. God doesn't want us to mix in. God doesn't want us to not look different. Are we willing, though? Are we willing to suffer for living our faith publicly and humbly spreading the truth of the gospel? Are you willing? A salvation story also re- always requires us to rely on God. Always requires. Verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Sil- Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure they were spiritual, but I don't really think they slept well. Do you? I mean, it, it was a filthy place. And like this... With cramps? My mother never called them cramps. What'd she call them? Charlie horse. You ever had a Charlie horse, Chris? You're a big guy, but I bet you can fly out of bed and get your feet. Somehow getting your feet on the ground makes it go away. But now imagine your legs spread and your legs are racked with cramps. And you can do nothing. So these were men in misery but when we're in misery, what do we do? What do you do? Find something to make you feel better. What if there is nothing? Your legs are in stocks. <laughs> Pound them. <laughs> Most of us complain, don't we? Wine. That's right. <laughs> so, but they they couldn't sleep, so they were praying and they were singing, and the other prisoners were listening. People will watch you when you're suffering to see what you do. And these other prisoners were amazed at these men worshiping in the midst of suffering. Now, Paul and Silas understood what many of us forget. Praising God is not dependent on circumstances. And it's not thanking God for difficult circumstances or situations. We're thanking God in spite of those circumstances because we know He is good. First Thessalonians 5. Always be joyful. Does that mean until something bad happens? Does it? Something's bad at work. Something's bad in your health. Something's bad in your home. At work. Uh Uh-uh. Always be joyful and never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Doesn't say for all circumstances, does it? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. But now there are a couple of conditions to having joy in all circumstances. First... You, you have to be filled with the Spirit. Because even if you're born again, if you're very immature in your faith, then you're going to tend to just give voice to the human complaint side. I'm miserable. This isn't fair. But if we're filled with the Spirit, then we're, we will be given the gift of joy, a fruit of the Spirit, even in the midst of very difficult circumstances. But it's also true that we'll only pray in prison. Some of you may be in a form of prison right now. And we'll only sing in shackles. Some of you are shackled today. Only if we have an accurate concept of God. Only if we know that He loves, helps, and never abandons us even in the midst of suffering. See, what you believe about God, I've said this many times, but what you believe about God will control how you live and act and how you suffer. See, we think that in the best of times, we, we think certain things about God. That's not the best understanding of what you think about God. When times are tough, what do you think about God? Because that's truly how you view God. What, what do you think in the toughest of times? You know, I've been, along with my family, we've been having to learn this this lesson. You know, I've read this story before and I thought, could I suffer in prison? I think maybe I could. Maybe I could. You think I could? Maybe I could suffer in prison. But you know what I didn't anticipate Can I have joy if my grandchild is in shackles? I didn't anticipate that. Can I rejoice when my three-month-old grandson is on dialysis? and it isn't about me, it's about Him and I can do nothing about it but pray. And so all of us have had, and many of you have been praying and, and, and grieving with us, and this, this church you've been so wonderful to pray for us and with us and many of you have been generous to my daughter and son-in-law and made meals and sent cards and so many demonstrations, But, but. Is Romans 828 true? If my grandson needs a transplant, do all things work together for good? For them that love God and are called according to his purpose is what the rest of that says. But we've been we've been wrestling this one around, you know. I've, I've prayed. Standing up, sitting down, laying down, prostrate on the floor, on my knees, crying out, mad with God, quietly whispering to God. All of it. And so has my family and so have many of you. But I can't break from the fact that God cares about us. And one doesn't necessarily ensure the other. But boy, it'll come to light, won't it? And we still pray, and we still hope, and we still have faith. More than a mustard seed, I think. You know, I, I remembered and I looked it up uh, there's an inscription in Cologne, Germany written on a cellar wall where Jews had hidden during World War II. And it said, I believe in the sun even when it isn't shining. I believe in love even when I can't feel it. I believe in God even when he's silent. Because we know him. Paul and Silas didn't base their understanding of God on their circumstances. Instead, they evaluated their circumstances in light of what they knew was true about God. And so the songs of Paul and Silas expressed confident trust that God would use their circumstances for their good and his glory. Now, did they know they would be set free? What do you think, Clint? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But he did intervene and they didn't have long to wait. Verse 26. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. So God controlled this natural occurrence. Obviously the earthquake didn't make all the chains fall off. So there must have been an angel at work as well. But the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He probably lived either in the jail or next to it. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. A Roman soldier who allowed a prisoner to escape would be punished by death. Uh, So the jailer decided he would kill himself. It would be less less painful and less humiliating than what the Romans were going to do to him. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all here! I wonder if we were in prison, would we yell that to the jailer? Or would we have said, Go ahead, I'll watch. It tells something about us. And all the prisoners were there, not only Paul and Silas. So the point is, do we trust, rely on, believe in God even when our circumstances are painful? I don't want to embarrass anyone, so I'm not going to ask to see hands. But how many of you are in pain today? How many of you have terrible circumstances? Threatening situations? So how do you view God? A salvation story also results from a believer responding to interest. Verse 29. The jailer called for lights. He meant torches. There was no switch to throw. And ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So, no doubt, this jailer knew something of the message of Paul and Silas, or that they represented a God with a different message, a different God. And this jailer knew was it by observation, was it by revelation? That this earthquake was a supernatural confirmation that they spoke the truth. You know, I wonder how many of you had a supernatural occurrence that convinced you of the reality of God and the truth of the gospel? Let me see hands. How many of you? Hang them up. Leave them up just a minute. Have you forgotten that? Or does that live fresh in you? Well, let me add this. If you are born again today, any of you that are born again have also had a supernatural occurrence. See, the problem is we undervalue the work of the Spirit giving us new life, and we overvalue some of something we describe as miraculous in the physical world. But there is no action of God more significant than birthing spiritual life into a human. The jailer's question expressed, I think, a common desire. To be, the the desire of his heart to be right with God. I think every living person wants to be right with God. Do you? What do you think? You think? I think every living person wants to be right with God. Well people live all kinds of ways. Well there are all kinds of things driving people and I think that they will abandon that desire for God And they'll use that that emptiness, that unsettledness, that void to distract themselves by going in some place that's completely opposite God. But it's the same motivation inside. You hear me? It turns very evil, but it's the same thing is missing. But it's driven by anger. But I can tell you this, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says eternity is in the heart of every person. Every single person knows there's eternity. You believe that? I mean, who have you ever said, have you ever been to a funeral where they said, well, everything's over, he's in the box, we'll put him in the ground, his life's done. I've seen, I've known awful people talk of heaven. And so have you. Everybody knows there's heaven. There's something past this life. There's something eternal. Ephesians 3.11. Romans 1, 19 and 20 tells us everybody knows there's a God. All they have to do is look at creation. Now, they may suppress it. They may run from it. They may not like that God brings some moral parameters to our lives. They may resent that. And they may run as far from God as they can possibly get. But that, that departure is against God still. So it still proves God's real. You know, it's interesting. You, you say, well, well um, evolutionists don't believe that. So there are a lot of people that don't believe that. Well, there's a, a famous atheist, Richard Dawkins, from Oxford, and he's a um, biological evolutionist or evolutionary biologist. And he engages in debates. And he now admits to intelligent design. Because they've realized that, you know, at a, at a microscopic level, there's nothing environmental that could alter something at such a, at a subatomic level. And so he admits intelligent design, created. And he's one of the leading atheists and evolutionists in the entire world. But he won't accept God as the intelligent designer. He believes there was an extraterrestrial force that came, that was advanced and came and intervened. I'll take that. I'll take that he's an idiot, but still. He just will not accept the idea that there's a God. Because, see, if there's a God who is creator, we all live related to him. That's whether we worship him or we oppose him. But our existence is related, connected to him. Now, this jailer may have heard the demon-possessed woman. Directly or by, you know, someone telling. But when these cell doors flew open, when the chains fell off, he believed Paul and Silas knew how to be saved. You know how to be saved. And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. So they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived with him. It was just a simple message. See, we think I can't witness because I have to convince people. No, you don't. You just have to share good news, and it doesn't have to be anything but your story, briefly stated. But understand this belief doesn't mean someone agrees with your argument. You don't have to convince people about creation or anything else. You just speak good news. And but belief doesn't mean simple acknowledgement. Belief, the Greek word pistuo means to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. It means to believe in, to have confidence in, to have faith in, to trust, to rely on. See, the same Greek word can be trust can be translated. Believe faith trust, rely, have confidence. Same Greek word is behind those English words in in your translation. See, when the gospel is spoken to hearts that have been prepared by God, spiritual results are inevitable. That's why i said ask God who to speak to because sure, you might talk to someone and they have no interest. Mm-mm. But the one God's preparing will come back for more. You don't have to try to win arguments. You just say a word. Just say a word. The jailer, his family members, his servants, the guests in his household, they all believed. But this wasn't just that, you know, one belief so they don't say, well, I guess I'll try that too. That, no, that's not what we're talking about. This wasn't just an emotional agreement. This wasn't just cognitive assent. This was transformational. Now, salvation is strictly and completely by faith without any requirements with no conditions. Hear me clearly on this. But salvation is always accompanied by evidence that a change has taken place. Verse 33, even at this hour of the night, by now it may be 1 o'clock in the morning, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Why did he just lock them back up? Because he was concerned about them personally. They'd been beaten. They were probably bleeding. They were in agony from cramps. He took care of them personally, physically. Then he and everyone in his household were baptized. Baptism is when you make a public profession of your belief. So what we'll do in May down at the um, amphitheater, that's when these people will have the chance to say, I'm a follower of Christ. And you can count on me living that way. Please help me live that way. Please pray for me. He brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. So you see generous hospitality. You see, and and these people were, were enemies of Rome. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed, trusted, relied on, counted on, had confidence in Jehovah God though they were likely all idol worshipers before this. This man was ready to commit suicide. And now he experienced and he expressed the joy that comes from knowing God and having his sins forgiven. Has God opened a cell door for you? Has God freed you from shackles? Anybody been freed? Well, if he's freed you, has he prepared a Philippian jailer to hear your story? Our care volunteers will be here And if I've said anything that stirred something in you, even if you don't really know what it is, they'll talk with you, they'll pray with you, they'll anoint you with oil for healing physically, emotionally. God heals. He doesn't heal at our direction. He heals by His choice. But God can heal, and we ask. Father, we thank You for Your goodness. Help us know you're good. Lord, I pray that you would save many. I pray that you would show yourself to some who have doubted, some who are far away from you. I pray that you would draw us to yourself, that we could believe in your Son, that we could be born again and accepted, adopted into your family. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming.
3: Thank you for being part of the Brookwood online campus today. If this was your first time with us, you can click Let's Connect anytime on our website or app to request information about us or to let us know who you are. We'd love to assist you in getting connected at Brookwood. Resources to help you deepen your understanding of today's message are available on our website and the Brookwood Church app where you'll also find opportunities to grow your faith, serve, and receive prayer. Please feel free to contact the pastors and staff by email or by calling our main number if you need support or if you have a question. If you'd like to support Brookwood Ministries as well as our local and global ministry partners, you can make a donation anytime through our app, website, or by mail. If you're thinking about attending on-site, we offer programs for all ages on Sundays. We're planning to gradually reduce our on-site precautions. So visit the Back to Church page on our website for details on our Sunday services. I pray that you experience the love of Christ today. And remember, we are the church no matter where, how, or when we meet. See you next time. Thank you for being part of the Brookwood online campus today. If this was your first time with us, you can click Let's Connect anytime on our website or app to request information about us or to let us know who you are. We'd love to assist you in getting connected at Brookwood. Resources to help you deepen your understanding of today's message are available on our website and the Brookwood Church app, where you'll also find opportunities to grow your faith, serve, and receive prayer. Please feel free to contact the pastors and staff by email or by calling our main number if you need support or if you have a question. If you'd like to support Brookwood Ministries as well as our local and global ministry partners, you can make a donation anytime through our app, website, or by mail. If you're thinking about attending on site, we offer programs for all ages on Sundays. We're planning to gradually reduce our on site precautions. So visit the Back to Church page on our website for details on our Sunday services. I pray that you experience the love of Christ today. And remember, we are the church no matter where, how, or when we meet. See you next time. Thank you for being part of the Brookwood online campus today. If this was your first time with us, you can click Let's Connect anytime on our website or app to request information about us or to let us know who you are. We'd love to assist you in getting connected at Brookwood. Resources to help you deepen your understanding of today's message are available on our website and the Brookwood Church app, where you'll also find opportunities to grow your faith, serve, and receive prayer please feel free to contact the pastors and staff by email or by calling our main number if you need support or if you have a question. If you'd like to support Brookwood Ministries as well as our local and global ministry partners, you can make a donation anytime through our app, website, or by mail. If you're thinking about attending on-site, we offer programs for all ages on Sundays. We're planning to gradually reduce our on-site precautions So visit the Back to Church page on our website for details on our Sunday services. I pray that you experience the love of Christ today. And remember...